since most Americans, you know, in their busy lives haven't had the opportunity to read that report, we want Bob Mueller to bring it to life. Bring it to life? Bob Mueller. Not Walt Disney. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. But the CGI was great. I got the feeling that something ain't right. <laughs> no, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in California, up in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, Eureka's KGOE, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ. Cottage Grove's Queso and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. In Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's. WADR and Minneapolis St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for you on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth. Five days a week, I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative Blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. I hope everyone, particularly around the country, uh, at all of our many non-L.A.-based uh, affiliates, uh, stayed cool over the past few days of climate-changed-fueled heat across much of the country. And if you're wondering what the worst effects of climate change are, well, I'd love to say you just got a good look at it. But in fact, according to Nobel Prize winning climate scientist Michael Mann, the worst of what you all just felt over the past few days in most of the country, that will be the normal. That will be what normal feels like during a regular old summer day in just a few years. Um, as uh, Michael Mann has been trying to warn the world for some time now, and he hasn't been wrong before. <laughs> well, no, that's that's true. Most, uh, in fact, the climate scientists' predictions from several decades have actually all come true, pretty much in line with what they projected to happen. So this is this is not good news. The uncertainty of climate science is not our friend. It could actually be worse than yep. the projections are, and the projections are that the worst heat waves today will become tomorrow's average summer temperatures within about twenty to thirty years. That should be a frightening thought to anybody. I almost said chilling thought, but that's not the right word here. That should be a frightening thought to uh, anyone who uh, lived through these past few days in so much of the U.S. Uh, that was just sweltering 
broiling, I think was the word you used on our Green News report last Thursday, Desi Doyen? Yes, broiling was the word that I used. And it's also, by the way, impacting infrastructure and it's impacting our poor farmers, our poor beleaguered farmers in the Midwest because, you know, they had trouble with the floods, preventing them from uh, planting their crops on time, also drowning the crops that they had. And now this sudden onset extreme heat wave is also making it difficult for them to grow crops. And so they're having issues and they're not happy about it. By the way, that's Desi Doyen, our fantastic producer here on the broadcast and my co-host on the Green News Report heard <laughs> yes. uh, twice a week uh, around the globe. Uh, thanks, Des. We will be, by the way, heating up ourselves a bit here in Los Angeles in the coming few days. Uh, L.A. was one of the few places in the country that uh, was not sweltering. Well, it's going to swelter a little bit uh, over the next few days. So let's everybody stay hydrated and safe out there as summer continues. Uh, Today is also our last chance uh, here on the broadcast for a while to open the phone lines to you since KPFK, our flagship station, Uh, From whence we broadcast today here in Los Angeles, we'll be uh, heading into another fun drive for a few weeks as of tomorrow. We'll still be here five days a week with the broadcast, but I won't be able to to hear from you, at least via the phones. My email, of course, is always open to you at bradcast at bradblog.com. And of course, on the Twitters and the Facebooks, I am the Brad blog. But since Uh, Since it's our last chance for phones for a while here, I want to try to open them up shortly at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK if you happen to be listening in Southern California uh, or elsewhere live and you want to ring in with your expectations for this week's critical open uh, testimony in the U.S. House of Representatives by Robert Mueller. Uh, What do you expect? What do you want to see from those hearings? Uh, As well as, by the way, if you want, what you hope to expect or see in next week's second 2020 Democratic presidential debates uh, from Detroit next week with 20 Democrats squaring off over two nights once again. And with both Senators Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris apparently rising in the polls, Joe Biden fading a bit from his position at the top of the polls, Bernie Sanders, who uh, was previously second place in uh, most of the polls, he's either staying where he is or in a number of uh, polls, he is beginning to fade as well as Warren and Harris rise. We'll take your calls at 818-985-5735 on any and all of that shortly. But because it's summer, and I know many of you may have been out and about and missed our Friday show on the broadcast, shame on you if so, but I hope you're having a good time. Uh, I want to very quickly play a few clips from my interview with Kevin Skoglin, cybersecurity and voting systems expert and chief technologist for Philadelphia's Citizens for Better Elections. It's a citizens group, uh, hence the name. Uh, And they are also affiliated with the Protect Our Votes Philly Coalition, which is also a citizens group. Now, Philadelphia has Uh, Well, it's a key, obviously, a key jurisdiction, the city of Philadelphia, uh, in the crucial swing state of Pennsylvania. Uh, It's like Los Angeles, the largest voting jurisdiction in the nation, uh, because they, too, are planning to move to 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen computer ballot marking devices or BMDs for the 2020 presidential election. I've argued that's insane, and uh, these systems 
force voters to use these uh, touchscreens to tell the computer how they wish their ballot to be marked, which is then marked on a piece of paper by the computer's printer instead of simpler, cheaper, hand-marked paper ballots, which after an election we can actually know reflect the will of the voters, unlike the systems they're moving to in Philadelphia and here in Los Angeles and a bunch of other jurisdictions around the country. But uh, like this insane plan to use new unverifiable computer systems here in L.A. for 2020, Philadelphia, they are also rushing to get these systems in place and in time for municipal elections in the city of brotherly love this fall. But unlike Los Angeles, in Philadelphia, there is a real citizens movement in place to fight these terrible new systems, especially since Philadelphia is using, uh, of all of the terrible ballot marking device computers that are out there, uh, they have chosen to use the worst one possible uh, in a state which could well determine the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Now, uh, L.A.'s system has not yet been officially certified to my knowledge, but in Philadelphia, after certification of the system they were planning on using— after independent experts got to look at those systems, after the folks, the, uh, the folks in the state of Pennsylvania gave the thumbs up, after all of that, the independent experts looked at it and found some very big flaws in the system that Philadelphia's city commission has selected, as Kevin Skoglin explained on the broadcast on Friday. After this machine was certified in Pennsylvania, security researchers determined that there was a big flaw in these machines. And that flaw is that they have a single paper path. And what that means is that it takes the paper, the blank piece of paper, mm -hmm. it sends it to a printer, you make your selections on the screen, it mm -hmm. then prints those on the piece of paper, puts them back in front of the voter so that the voter can look at them and say whether or not they're happy with those selections. And once the voter says, yes, this is the ballot that I intend to cast, mm -hmm. I'm happy with these selections, and they press a button on the machine, it sends that card back through the same printer again before it goes to the tabulator. And that's just a software-controlled printer. Uh -huh. So that, that means the machine has the opportunity to mark on that ballot, potentially changing votes on it, invalidating votes on it, adding votes to it, uh, basically you know, changing what the voter cast. You got that? Even after... The voter has approved what has been printed on the ballot. It then goes back into the same slot where it was printed previously, and the system could change the vote uh, before it actually gets scanned by yet another computer. Now, the good news is uh, that's Philadelphia. The good news is the L.A. Uh, BMD system set for use in 2020 for the first time here does not, to my knowledge, have the ability to send the previously voter approved ballot back through the same printing system again where it can be changed by the computer without voters notice. That may be the only good thing I can say about the L.A. system, but it, it does share another design feature with the Philadelphia system, as I discussed with Skoglund, and that is that even after a voter maybe manages to verify the human-readable portion of the computer-printed ballot summary, the optical scan systems that tabulate that ballot, that uh, vote theoretically voter-approved ballot, uh, the optical scan systems do not even look at what the voter has approved. 
presuming they have actually approved it. The system instead looks at a non-human readable or approvable computer barcode, a barcode to tabulate the voters' votes, not what the voters saw printed out there in a regular uh, human readable language. Now, in Los Angeles, it won't be a barcode. It will be a QR code instead of a barcode. But it's the same thing as neither are actually human readable. As I noted during my conversation with uh, with Skoglund on Friday's show. So even if this computer marked ballot summary card that you get to see, even if you look at it and even if you verify it and even if you verify it correctly, and even if you then put that paper back through the same thing that printed it in the first place and it goes into the box, and uh, even if it doesn't change your vote at that point, it's not even tabulating what you what the voter just approved it's actually going to do its tabulation from a barcode that is printed on the same ballot that no human being can actually read correct that is absolutely right and one of the points in our petition is that the election code doesn't allow for that the election code is very clear that there are some specific types of marks that are allowed it allows you to mark your ballot with an x with a check mark by filling in an oval or making a punch like an old punch card but it doesn't allow any provision for using a barcode. And I believe that the reason why is because the election code wants your votes to be transparent. It wants the voter to be able to look at them and say, yes, this is the vote that I intend to cast. And then they cast it and the machine reads it. And then an auditor on the other end can look at it and very clearly see what the voter intended to cast. There's not this, this barcode in between. It's a six-digit number that means nothing to you. It means something to the system, but it means nothing to anyone else looking at it. So it, it is a mark that is completely non-transparent. And again, this is the type of system we are, go we are about to move to. We are moving to, in Los Angeles, the nation's largest voting jurisdiction for the 2020 presidential election, a system where even if the human beings bother to uh, verify the, uh, uh, the, the, the human-readable code, that's not what's counted. It's the barcode that is counted by the system. Now, due to the Citizen Coalition of Election Integrity Advocates in Philadelphia, the system previously certified by Pennsylvania and set for use in Philly is now, thankfully, being reexamined by the state for potential decertification. Uh, the state had certified the system even with all of these uh, concerns previously. To my knowledge, we have no such organized effort underway to block L.A. County's similar system here in uh, before 2020, which is one of the reasons I'm trying to get the word out about this. Uh, another uh, similarity that L.A. shares with Philly on these new systems is the ridiculous cost of these BMD systems versus simpler, actually verifiable, hand-marked paper ballots which cybersecurity experts like Kevin Skoglin have been advocating for a long time. And that's what we were trying to encourage them to do all along in this process, not only to have a, a fair, unrushed process that had public involvement, but to have hand-marked paper ballots. Other big cities do it. New York does it. Mm -hmm. Boston does it. Baltimore does it. Chicago's about to switch to it. It's not like because you're a big city, you have to you know, do something different. Mm -hmm. right? This is something that, that big cities do all the time. And it's half the price. I mean, the, the price tag on this is just staggering. Yeah. These are the most expensive voting machines that there are. The, the price tag is $8,500 per machine, 
So the total for Pennsylvania, for Philadelphia, is going to be $29 million. That's what these voting machines are going to cost. Whereas a hand-marked paper ballot solution mm-hmm. is going to be in the $15 million range. And that was in some of the proposals. I mean, so those aren't just made-up numbers. The proposals actually had those numbers in them, and they chose to go with a system twice the price. $29 million instead of half the price for a hand-marked paper ballot system. Now, that said, that's a bargain, apparently, compared to what we're doing here in Los Angeles, which will, report it, which will reportedly cost more than $200 million. And if you go by the math... Uh, that uh, hand-marked paper ballots are about half the price, and I think they're even less than half the price. But if you go by by that, we would be saving $100 million here in Los Angeles, where I suspect we could use $100 million. Yeah, $100 million could go a long way yeah. to a lot of things you here think? in the city. Yeah. But But also, you know, there's that point of... Having to have a machine for every single voter in every single precinct, or now it will be voting centers. So that means that if there aren't enough machines assigned to the voting center that you go to, wherever you might be in any county, in any jurisdiction across the country that is considering or already adopting these machines, if you go there and they have, say, not enough machines for voters, then you can't vote. There's a a power outage. You can't vote. Yep. There's an issue with some machine going down. Well, boy, we'll have to take that machine out of service, and voters can't vote, meaning long lines. And by the way, the voters are the ones who are supposed to be reporting if the computer prints something other than what they selected. Well, if voters start saying, no, it flipped my vote, the computer did not print what I asked for, then what? How many times does that happen before you have to take out all of the machines? We are heading for some big trouble in L.A., and I know I drive people crazy by uh, hammering on this, but I feel like I'm the only one hammering on it. I read articles about the new L.A. system that are just lauding it, has has lost, I think it was ABC uh, had a story out uh, last day or two, has Los Angeles solved the voting security problem with their new system? No, they haven't. They have made it worse and more dangerous. And now, finally, uh, to me, uh, and then we'll get to a break and we'll come back with all the Mueller stuff. But uh, to me, the biggest problem that I have been warning about for years now, after an election, it is impossible to know if any vote on uh, cast on these systems was actually verified at all, much less verified correctly by the voters who are forced to be essentially testers of the systems during a live election. With a hand-marked paper ballot, the voter is directly verifying their intention as they mark each of those ovals. Mm-hmm. They, they are producing good evidence. There's very little distance between them and that durable record. But with a ballot-marking device, you're putting a machine in between the voter and that evidence. And that machine is not as reliable. That machine can malfunction. It can fail to, to even boot mm-hmm. up. Um, it can be manipulated. Right. And that adds then this extra step, this verification step at the end, because now the voter has to not only create the evidence, they have to make sure that the machine did its job correctly. They have to verify that evidence. So there's this extra verification step. And the problem is that voters just don't do it. Right. Something like 50% of voters even bother to look at it. Right. And <laughs> if they're not verifying that that's correct, then it's not very good evidence. 
And that, by the way, that 50 percent of the voters who don't even look at their computer printed ballot, that's based on numerous studies finding that to be the case. And that of those who do, the 50 percent who do look at their ballots, they either look at it for a very few seconds or uh, a huge portion do not notice when the computer has changed their vote. We are heading to a very uh, dangerous place here in Los Angeles, so I need to keep talking about it. And again, unless action is taken by citizens here in Los Angeles, and this was a citizen-led initiative to, that successfully won a ruling uh, last week to re-examine and possibly decertify the Philadelphia system, unless citizens take, take actions here in, uh, in L.A. County, um, You know, the registrar is closing thousands of polling places next year, moving us all to so-called voting centers where you can vote at any of them. But you will have to vote on a computer touchscreen, which does not produce a single ballot, not one single ballot that can be known to have been accurately verified by the voter after an election to know that it reflects any, not even one voter's intent. After the election is over, I just I just need to keep pointing this out, especially since we have so many listeners here in Los Angeles. And it seems like if I don't point this out, nobody in L.A. County will do so and nobody will take action since it happens to be Democrats here in L.A., also in Philadelphia, who are pushing for these 100 percent unverifiable new voting systems. It is madness. Anyway, you can hear my complete interview with uh, Kevin Skoglund. Uh, You can download it at bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site. Those are always free uh, for all of our programs. Thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate uh, to support our uh, our efforts on this show. So, uh, let me see. Uh, so if you want to call in on that, by the way, feel free. I am at 818-985-5735. Otherwise, I'm moving on to Mueller's testimony coming up this Wednesday and what we can all expect or hope from it. Uh, will it be the moment that finally moves the nation and most importantly, Democratic leadership? Yes. Talking to you, Nancy Pelosi, to open uh, that finally leads to a, an, an official impeachment inquiry in the U.S. House. It may, in fact, be the very last chance to do so for Democrats, at least before they scatter for their long summer recess next week. So we will talk about that. And I want to hear from you on uh, that issue as well. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. What will happen? What won't happen? What do you want to see happen? Uh, When uh, Democrats who support impeachment, there are about 100 of them already on the public record in the U.S. House, when they get their last chance to goose public opinion, when Robert Mueller testifies in open hearings at the U.S. House this Wednesday. That is next on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news 
five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. it's the last chance for love but it may be the last chance it's certainly the last chance before congress leaves for their long six-week summer vacation uh that would be robert Mueller's testimony this wednesday the last chance to try to uh, turn the american public to try to turn democratic leadership in favor of impeachment proceedings in the u.s house of representatives welcome back brad friedman from bradblog.com uh, oh and by the way some uh, somebody called in and said well what what can we do about it as citizens what I was talking about in the previous segment about the uh, BMD systems you can call and complain with the Secretary of State Democratic uh, Secretary of State Alex Padilla you can call and complain to the LA County Registrar Recorder uh, that would be Dean Logan you can get involved. You can uh, understand what the threat is. And you can, uh, and frankly, the media need to stop falling for the BS that they are being handed about these systems. Oh, they're paper ballot systems. Voters can verify them. They're verifiable paper ballots. No, they are not. That's a scam. They've changed the definition of paper ballots and verifiable. Anyway, Trying to move on here uh, and to your calls, 818-985-5735 concerning Robert Mueller. Uh, as we discussed in some detail on, I believe it was last Thursday's broadcast, a federal judge in Manhattan last week had ordered the release of previously redacted files from the criminal case against Donald Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, who is now serving three years in federal prison in part for his cooperation in the campaign finance conspiracy that uh, both Michael Cohen and prosecutors say was directed by Donald Trump in an unlawful hush money payoff scheme to two women. Uh, that would be a, uh, a porn star and a Playboy model with whom Donald Trump is said to have had affairs before his election as president. Now, the judge's order last week came after federal prosecutors had indicated um, that they had just suddenly ended investigations into the Trump organization and Trump himself regarding that illegal payoff scheme by Donald, directed by Donald Trump, allegedly, and, uh, and the subsequent cover-up. That was also a payout scheme when the president of the United States personally wrote checks to Michael Cohen to pay him back and to keep him quiet about the payoffs that were made just days before the November 2016 election in this uh, campaign finance felony conspiracy for which Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, is now serving three years in federal prison. Again, both Cohen himself and federal prosecutors 
when Cohn pleaded guilty, had said that the conspiracy was directed by Donald Trump himself. Now, the newly react, uh, redacted documents that were released last week, they underscore Donald Trump's direct involvement in that conspiracy, both before and after his election, as well as those of others uh, in his campaign and in the Trump organization, like uh, the Trump uh, campaign communications director, Hope Hicks. Now, setting aside the entirety of the two-year probe by special counsel Robert Mueller and its subsequent 448-page report and the 10 or more instances of unlawful obstruction of justice detailed in that report, this hush money conspiracy alone is more than enough to merit impeachment and removal from office, not to mention federal prosecution uh, for, as I noted last week, any other president that we have ever had in this country, at least any other Democratic president who, you know, paid off a mistress, two mistresses to keep quiet about it just days before a presidential election. I mean, just imagine had Barack Obama done uh, been caught doing that or Bill Clinton been caught dead to rights, as Donald Trump has, having done that and then continued to write checks to keep them all quiet after becoming president. Any other president would be impeached for that alone, at least if there was real leadership among Democrats in Congress. Uh, now, entirely separate from that, from those impeachable high crimes and misdemeanors that I just talked about, we will now have this Robert Mueller testimony on Wednesday before both the House Judiciary Committee and the House Intelligence Committee. And he will, of course, be discussing the many crimes Yes, crimes that it details uh, for those who, you know, didn't bother to actually read it. And that will be the focus of uh, Washington, D.C. and much of the country this week, I suspect. Democrats advocating to begin impeachment proceedings against President Donald Trump. See special counsel Robert Mueller's testimony this week as their last chance to add gas to the fire before the lengthy congressional summer recess begins. According to Politico, on Sunday, uh, some of the more so-called moderate Democrats are merely hoping that Mueller will simply add more details to the corrupt Trump narrative and further harm his reputation and endanger his 2020 standing at the polls, which to me seems like a pretty low bar. But that's what we get from so-called moderate Democrats, I guess. It's not at all certain that the special counsel uh, will do either. We'll either add more gas for I impeachment or even ding Donald Trump's reputation at this point. That, despite the rigorous preparation on both sides, in this case, both sides mean uh, Democrats and Republicans, according to Politico, to curate the most damaging lines of questioning that are set for this Wednesday. Mueller has stated in no uncertain terms that he will not stray from the confines of his report. Uh, we got some comment on all of this uh, that I'll get to in a moment if I have time uh, from Adam Schiff, the uh, chair of the Intelligence Committee, as well as Jerry Nadler, the chair of the uh, Judiciary Committee, where uh, both committees, uh, three hours first at the Judiciary Committee, uh, will have testimony from Robert Mueller, followed by two hours in the Intelligence Committee on the same day. Uh, we'll have testimony from Robert Mueller, but I'm uh, interested to know uh, what you would like to see, what you are hoping, what you predict will happen on Wednesday 
when Donald Trump, when Donald Trump, no, when Robert Mueller finally testifies uh, before the U.S. House about his 488 page report in which he details copious evidence in that report that Trump sought repeatedly and illegally and impeachably to thwart the special counsel probe over and over and over again. And that is true, by the way, and and illegal and impeachable, no matter what you may feel about the report's details on the Trump campaign's various coordination with Russia during the campaign and then throughout the transition and after Trump was sworn in. Uh, if you set all of that aside, all of the Russia stuff aside as well, Trump still repeatedly obstructed justice in trying to kill the investigation, first by the FBI and then by Mueller's special counsel. That in and of itself, is unlawful and, yes, impeachable. At least in my estimation, you may feel differently. If so, please give me uh, a call at 818-985-5735 and let me know why. Let me uh, let me hit a few of those calls now before we get to uh, some more sound clips on that. Uh, let's see. Kamau? Is that right? Am I pronouncing that close to correct, Kamau? It's Kamau, and that is absolutely right. I nailed it. All right. So good. So far, so good. Come out uh, calling from L.A. Uh, what's on your mind, my friend? How you doing, Brad? I'm a longtime listener and only time caller. Well, so, uh, I hope I'm it's only the first call. time, but go ahead. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, you know, I understand that people are trying to place Mueller as the, the next great white hope. But you know what? You got to understand. Yeah. This dude is a Republican. Yeah. Okay? He is a Republican. He was. He used to run the FBI. Yeah. He is. He's with Republican Party. He is not going to do anything or say anything that's really going to hurt hurt his ideological stance. I, so, yeah. So I, I don't know why people want to put all their eggs in his basket hmm. because his basket is pretty much empty. He's already told you what I've said in this statement is all I'm going to say. Bam, bam, boom. Don't the Democrats get that? I'm sorry to say that. Okay, next thing if I may, uh, about Nancy Pelosi. Okay. This is not Nancy Pelosi's first go-around at the rodeo, okay? Every time the Democrats have been in power with her leading it, they've failed. Okay, Nan here's my here's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Nancy Pelosi and moderate Democrats, they're all complicit in the Republicans' agenda. Why? Because they they cater to their rich donors, not their constituents. Now, and when when you say come out, when you say that Nancy Pelosi, whenever the Democrats have been in charge, they have failed. Are you are you talking about policy wise? They have failed. Yes, I, I, uh, the, the Republicans are in power mm -hmm. because the Democrats allowed them to be. So at one point, the, we had the, the presidency, we mm -hmm. had the House and the Senate, and very little got done. Well, let me point out, uh, Kamau, uh, to, to get your thoughts on this. Uh, yes, you're right. That said, when uh, Democrats had control of the House and the Senate and the White House, it was after the last time Nancy Pelosi said, uh, no, I don't think we should impeach George W. Bush. I think impeachment should be off the table. We should beat them at the ballot box. And in fact, Democrats did beat them at the ballot box and they took the House and the Senate and the White House. So is there something to her strategy? 
Well, yeah, they, they beat them, but it wasn't because of Nancy Pelosi. Because the American people <laughs> put them in there. Right. It, it was because the Republicans, not Pelosi. Pelosi is, is a rich elitist. She doesn't understand the people, okay? Yeah. And, 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 and liberal or whatever you want to call yourself, words don't matter anymore because people are changing them anything they want. It's only actions that count, Brad. Just see what people do, and that's all you need to know. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that call, Kamala, and I hope it, you say it's your only call. I hope it's your first. I hope you'll call us again in the near future, my friend. Thank you. Uh, greatly appreciate it. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let me go to uh, Roger in uh, Minneapolis uh, with our great affiliate AM950 up there. Hey, Roger, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hi, Brad and Desi. Um, let me just... Uh, um, Give you a very slight ribbing for three seconds. Okay. One of, one of the longest complained of grammatical errors in the history of the English language, going back to the 13th century, is the use of from whence. Whence has come. <sighs> okay. So not from whence. It's okay. Whence. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for those for those three seconds of uh, of grammar, uh, Roger. <laughs> do, do we lose him? Uh, no. no, you're still there. OK, so before we lose you entirely setting no, 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 aside no. my terrible grammar. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> your, your, your grammar is generally excellent. I regard you as one of the finest public educators in, in uh, media, period. Um, oh, thank you. Brad, yes. With, with regard to. Um, <clears throat> What to expect this week? I see the um, roving finger of the military situation as trying to figure out how to spin up um, something uh, around Iran um, during this week um, as a potential um, mm. uh, way of deflecting attention to the Mueller thing. Mm. But you know what? what? The, the, the media has already got this. Um, <clears throat> they... Uh, are framing it, by and large, the mainstream media is framing it as a bauble for the Democrats, um, and a uh, little more. As a as a ba- as a bauble for the Democrats? Yes. How yes. so? As, as, as a plaything, as 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 something that's just something that the Democrats are doing that that really mm. has no relevance to our process, as though mm. we don't have any kind of um, uh, participatory government. It's um, it, 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 the the framing fix, from what I can tell in the media, is in. All you need to do is look at it. Jumping aside, well, I, 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 well I, let me let me respond to that for a second, Roger, because uh, if they are framing it that way, and I don't know that I've seen that, but uh, I'll I'll take your word for it that uh, maybe they're framing it that way as uh, you know just an exercise that the Democrats are trying to do. It's not going to have any real meaning, et cetera. If that yeah. is the way they're framing it. Isn't that really the Democrats' fault? Because uh, if this was part of an impeachment hearing, I think they would have no choice, the, the media, but to frame it as a serious exercise rather than the, the plaything, the bubble you refer to. Well, you know, I think that that point is extremely well taken. Um, and, um, yes, uh, the Democrat, the milk toast Democrats 
are exactly allowing this framing to take place, and the way around it is to be much more aggressive. Can I jump over to voting machines for just a second? You can very quickly. i got a lot of folks I need to get to and some other stuff. Go ahead. Okay. Electronic voter roll uh, um, uh, management uh, added to Mm -hmm. all of the other ways that systems now can be tweaked from a distance. Yep. Um, is is setting up a situation where all kinds of machinations can take place behind the yep. scenes. I, I, and I think that as problematic as our way of recording votes and representing them is, I live in Minnesota where we have paper ballots, but you know what? The central tabulators are still manipulable from a distance. Yeah. They're built by ESS. Yeah, but you have hand-marked paper ballots. Hand-marked. Oh, you got to say uh, oh, you got to say hand-marked. You can't just say paper ballots. You have them across the state of Minnesota. You have uh, a great system where even absentee ballots that are also hand-marked paper ballots, of course, that those are driven out to the precinct and they're counted in each precinct. Uh, yes, by computers, but in the worst-case scenario, as we saw in the uh, 2000 and eight uh, Franken uh, Coleman Senate race. Uh, they were counted by human beings. Millions of them were counted by human beings in the absolute closest race. And by the way, the best uh, uh, statewide hand count that this country, I think, has ever seen. Uh, and we were able to know at the end that, yes, in fact, Al Franken did win because we knew we had evidence of the voters intent and we bothered to count that evidence. But your point about the uh, electronic poll books is absolutely well taken and uh, similarly very, very dangerous. We are continuing to play with fire. I, I completely agree. And uh, two last things. We love our Brad and Desi. Yeah. And, um, uh, um, we love our Ilhan Omar up here in Minneapolis. Oh, good. Good. Okay. Thank you. Thank Glad you. to hear that, Roger. I, I greatly appreciate the call, my friend. Uh, yeah, and I had something that I was going to try to get to on Ilhan Omar today, but I have a feeling we're not going to get to it. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Um when uh, Mueller testifies for three hours before the House Judiciary Committee, followed by two hours for the House Intelligence Committee, uh, Democrats are going to, or at least expected to, press Mueller, according to Politico, uh, to state that he might have charged Donald Trump with obstruction of justice were he not the occupant of the Oval Office, as now uh, more than 1,000 formal federal prosecutors have all gone on record to say themselves, to say that if anyone else had obstructed a federal investigation, as Donald Trump is reported to have done at least 10 different times in this uh, report. Anyone that was not president, uh, if they did that, would have been indicted long ago on criminal obstruction charges. That, according to the now 1,024 former federal prosecutors who signed their name to an open letter in May, After the redacted Mueller report was finally released in that public letter, which you can read for yourself online at Medium, uh, along with the names of all 1024 of those uh, 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 former federal prosecutors, they charge, quote, each of us believes that the conduct of President Trump described in the special counsel Robert Mueller's report would, in the case of any other person not covered by the Office of Legal Counsel Policy, against indicting a sitting president 
would result in multiple felony charges for obstruction of justice. They write the Mueller report describes several acts that satisfy all of the elements for an obstruction charge. Conduct that con, uh, that obstructed or attempted to obstruct the truth finding process as to which the evidence of corrupt intent and connection to pending proceedings, they write, is overwhelming. It's, it's got to be, in other words, to be chargeable uh, corrupt, uh, obstruction of justice. There has to be evidence of corrupt intent that the person who was doing the obstruct, uh, obstructing was actually doing so for a corrupt purpose. They say that the president's uh, that these uh, obstructable, uh, indictable charges uh, include the president's efforts to fire Robert Mueller and to falsify evidence about that effort. The president's effort to limit the scope of Mueller's investigation to exclude his own conduct and the president's efforts to prevent witnesses from cooperating with investigators who were probing him and his campaign. As those prosecutors note, the special counsel's report establishes that the president tried to influence the decisions of both Michael Cohen and his former uh, campaign chair, Paul Manafort, with regard to cooperating with investigators. And some of this uh, tampering and intimidation, they write, included the dangling of pardons, which was done in plain sight via tweets and public statements. And then there was other behavior That was done via private messages through private attorneys like uh, Donald Trump's counsel, Rudy Giuliani, who sent a message to Michael Cohen's lawyer that Cohen should, quote, sleep well tonight. You have friends in high places. Of course, what else could that mean other than the dangling of a presidential pardon, which is clearly an abuse of the president's powers and also an impeachable act? Of course, those detailed in the uh, in the letter by the former uh, federal prosecutors are just a few of the more than 10 such instances of obstruction detailed in volume two of the Mueller report and which will be the subject of the House Judiciary hearings on uh, on Wednesday. At least that is the plan. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. What do you hope to hear from Robert Mueller on Wednesday? What do you hope to see Democrats do? D in Altadena. D, welcome to the broadcast. Hi. I'd like to know why didn't the Congress get a unredacted how did they settle for a redacted version when they are the legislators how could this not have happened i can't you know i'm I'm lost with that one and yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot that i'm at at loss with when it comes to how the democrats have been dealing with this Pelosi is not fit to be in there not i don't know about her mental capacity but as far as her policies and where she stands you know i think she's She is really out of touch with everything and everybody, except for maybe her donors, like the other caller said. I believe that. And, you know, and for them, I don't know what it is, how they can remove her or ask her to gently step aside and let someone else take the reins, because she is not the person that we need heading anything at this point. She doesn't know what she's doing. She lets, she legitimizes uh, Trump by letting him get away with all the things that he does and then tries to give him roles that he can play as though he's legitimate. And, you know, he's not. We know they've been, they uh, manipulated the elections. So why, you know, if the country of Africa can actually, you know, redo their elections, we should have done that here. And I don't know if it's still doable. 
you know, but we need people that are in position, including the Secretary of State of California and other Secretary of State mm-hmm. of other you know, states who don't really uh, have the best interests of the voters in heart. You know, and I think, Dee, you're, you're referring to uh, that uh, election in Kenya that they re-ran yes. after it was discovered that there was fraud involved or there was even fear of fraud. The difference yes. is... Uh, Here, when there was fear of fraud in states like Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania, whether it's fraud or miscount. Remember, Donald Trump won very narrowly uh, the Electoral College, uh, thanks to those three states, uh, instead of, well, having a real investigation that could lead to another uh, election. We weren't even allowed. The public was not even allowed to actually count those votes. We just have to take it for on their word that, in right. fact, Donald Trump won in 2016. Yeah, right. it's who puts yeah. those policies in place that will you know that denies the public a right for a recount or anything else. And not only that, yeah. I remember looking at election night from the electoral college voters yeah. their night, and and the media, someone in the media had asked them, you know, who. You know, did they vote for? And they showed someone, one of them, or two, I think, showed their cell phones where they had death threats if they didn't vote for Trump. So, could this, you know, <sighs> if those are the things that are influencing our elections, then who's, you know, we're going to get stuck with this knucklehead again. Not yeah, if we don't keep fighting, D. I got to uh, I got to move on. Uh, a lot of folks want to ring in. I appreciate your thoughts, uh, D. Very much. Uh, calling in from Altadena. Thank you, D. Uh, let me go to uh, actually. Let me get to a quick break, and I'll come back. Uh, looks like someone has a correction for me, which I always welcome. I will uh, take a quick break and come back with more of your calls here at eight one eight nine eight five KPFK on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. <laughs> What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter, and we do it all independently without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Taking your calls on what to expect from Robert Mueller's testimony on Wednesday, which we will, of course, be covering on the Bradcast. And as a matter of fact, uh, even though KPFK, our flagship station here in L.A., is going into uh, Fun Drive this week, we are going to interrupt the Fun Drive for gavel-to-gavel coverage of the uh, Robert Mueller testimony on Wednesday. So don't worry, you won't miss a thing, or at least you shouldn't. Uh, in the meantime, L calls in from Palms uh, with a correction for me regar- regarding the uh, L.A. County voting system cost. Hey, L, welcome to the broadcast. Hello. Um, yes, um, you, I believe you mentioned that the contract for the BMDs was $200 million. Well, I have a document which uh, is the approval of the contract with Smartmatic, mm-hmm. uh, the prime contractor for services uh, under the voting solution for all people. That's mm-hmm. BS name. The VSAP, um, yeah. From, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if you're allowed to say that on your show. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, Go ahead. Uh, 
from June 12, 2018. And the, uh, the, it says the maximum dollar amount is $282 million. <laughs> but then it, it has these other provisions for amendments. Yeah. Um, one is not to exceed $28 million for additional goods and services. But then it has this open-ended provision at the end that says... Um, Future amendments can be added. So right. So I. So actually. So L. When I said it was going to be at least two hundred million, you're actually calling in to say I was lowballing it. It's actually going to be more like two hundred and eighty million for these one hundred percent unverifiable machines, voting machines coming to L.A. for the twenty twenty election. I think it's over 300 million yeah. which is over a quarter of a billion Jesus. dollars when all we need is a card table with three <laughs> barriers and a little lamp and a piece of paper and a pen don't forget the pen and thank pen. you al you're absolutely right i really appreciate you calling in uh and i appreciate the correction thanks a bunch uh l hang in there keep up the fight and thanks for uh, bothering to read the contract 818 985 5735 is our phone number. Let me go to uh, Rick in L.A. Hey, Rick, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, Rick. Are you there, Rick? We may have lost Rick. All right, we'll put you on hold. If he comes back, we'll try him again. Let me go to, uh, uh, do I have this right? Uh, Charlotte in Pasadena. Hey, Charlotte, welcome to you to the broadcast. So I just want to say that we need to go to a higher ground with Nancy Pelosi because she's got a big job on her hands. And our most important thing is to get Trump out. And if we go ahead with impeachment mm -hmm. and the Senate doesn't want impeachment, then we're gone and we may lose the election that way. So I think that we need to think that she's not stupid and that she knows what she's doing. I don't think she's stupid. Uh, I think she knows what she's doing. I just don't know that I agree with what she's doing. I believe we have a scofflaw, a felon in the White House who should be removed. And that is true whether or not Republicans in the U.S. Senate uh, vote to remove him or not. Don't you think that if you have high crimes and misdemeanors as per the Constitution, that that should result in impeachment proceedings, Charlotte? Yes, I do. However, well, there you go. We need to get Trump out. Right. And we need to do whatever it's going to take to get Trump out. Yes. And if if MP if, if going through with this impeachment is not going to work to get Trump out, then maybe they're going to a higher ground. Well, I have to believe that they know more about these things. Why? Why would you believe they know more about these things than you or I? And I'm not oh sure. Oh my God! I don't. Okay. Well, well, let me ask you, Charlotte. Um, why I is? Wanted to yeah. Put, when I wanted to put in my two cents. Yeah. To say that I'm trying to give Nancy Pelosi the benefit of the no, doubt. No, no, I hear you. What happened? And I hear you, and that's because fine. Everybody's putting but, her down. Yeah. And I think some of the people that are putting her down. Yeah. Are could be Republicans. I don't know about that, but I hear you, and I appreciate you uh, standing up for her. Like I said, I don't think she's. Uh, corrupt or evil or stupid. I just happen to think she's wrong. Charlotte, before I let you go, uh, when uh, Richard Nixon, uh, when the impeachment proceedings began against Richard Nixon, he had just won an overwhelming landslide reelection. I think he won something like, what was it, 49 of 50 states, something like that. 
his uh, approval rating was at 70 percent. Now, mind you, Donald Trump's approval rating barely cracks 40 percent right now. And he was elected in a very close election. But Nixon uh, landslide election, 70 percent approval rating. And yet the U.S. House started uh, and the Congress uh, started impeachment proceedings against him. And his 70 percent approval rating slipped to 30 percent by the time those hearings had ended. Don't you think that we should begin hearings and find out what there is to know about all of this? See how it affects Donald Trump's uh, approval ratings and that, in fact, it would help not hurt uh, the chances of removing him from office next year, Charlotte? Anything that's going to get the man out, I'm in favor of. Okay. All right. Thanks, Charlotte. I appreciate the call. Uh, Clifford in Santa Monica. Hey, Clifford, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for welcoming me. I've got a quick question. Yep. Um, if these unverifiable touchscreens mm-hmm. are coming into vogue nationwide, you mentioned Philadelphia, you mentioned Los Angeles, yeah. and they're um, not tamper-proof and they can be falsified, why aren't the Democrats, everyone who gets in front of a mic, standing up on their hind legs and asking, why, or, or, or forbidding, no, I can't say forbidding, but protesting against it because their base is the one that figures to be victimized for it and derivatively Democratic uh, uh, candidates themselves. That makes no sense to me at all. I hear you. And I have been asked that question for the past 15 years as I've been reporting on things like this. I do need, I do need to give credit to uh, folks like uh, Ron Wyden up in Oregon who passed or who is trying to pass the PAVE Act, the Protect America's Voting and Elections Act, uh, which would mandate a hand-marked paper ballot for every voter. H.R. Uh, 1 over in the House was already passed. That would mandate a hand-marked paper ballot for every voter. Uh, But no, they are not yelling and screaming about it. And I even hear, uh, you know, people like Amy Klobuchar, who I love, but she goes on the air and says, well, we sort of we need to have backup paper trails just in case. That is not the way to deal with this problem. Uh, I got another question. I I don't have time, but go ahead. And if you can do it in five seconds. Yeah, well, I mean, why is who is actually pushing for it? Are Republicans doing it? And if so, who are they? Uh, Republicans and Democrats and, most notably, the voting machine vendors, the private companies, uh, wine and dine these people, uh, take them on junkets, tell them, tell the election officials, oh, your life will be so much easier if you use this computer and give us hundreds of millions of dollars to do it. Uh, I'd love to continue the conversation, Clifford, but I got to get out or I'm going to be in big trouble. Our GM is looking at me right now saying I better get off the air. So uh, to that end, I'm sorry. I couldn't get to the rest of the callers here. Uh, we will try again soon. It's the best I can say. Until then, I want to. Uh, we got to jump out here. My thanks to our producer Desi Doyen, to my uh, board op today, Gary Baca, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com, at kpfk.org, or your favorite. Uh, podcast site. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com and on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. See you there. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow on uh, many of these fine stations here on the Bradcast. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. (laughs) 